theme song. Yeah, something like that. By the way, guys, our theme song is up in, our, up in My Jam all of a sudden by Kobe off of his gas powered EP. You can check him out at uh, kobe.bandcap.com. Um, a lot of music's up there. And if you really want to support him, he has a, they have a new subscriber thing where you can like give so much money a month and then they'll get you get exclusive tracks and stuff. But more importantly, what what's this? Oh, this is the Talkbox Podcast. Oh man! <laughs> Talkbox Podcast. Who freaking knew, right? I have no idea. We're welcome back. welcome once again to another episode of the Talkbox Podcast. Uh, as always, I am your host, Chad, Captain Tempest. With me we've got Zach Cryolord530. Nothing has happened since the last podcast. And Adam the Dutch Oven. I guess I'm here. <laughs> I've been hosting this for like three years and then I just gave it the chance. Well, I wouldn't I say that nothing has happened since the last podcast. No, that's true. We do have a number of topics to talk about. We do. Uh, nothing has happened with me since last podcast. Oh, that's fair. That's, that's it perfectly was I wasn't even on the last podcast. Yeah. So. I've just been living in limbo. He talked through uh, Pat's phone. Text no, message. I chatted. Uh, I uh, messaged Chad. Yeah, Chad I did that one little bit for Mafia Three. So there yeah. we are. So anyway, yes, a lot of stuff has happened. It's been like maybe what a good couple of three three weeks at least we've since had, the last podcast. We've had some good something like some, that. Some serious time in between. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've done stuff. It's just I didn't bring the microphone. Yeah. Right. There have been some news that's gone around, but we're not going to touch too too much upon that. We are going to touch upon something that did happen this weekend, uh, and that is that the. Magic the Gathering Commander 2016 decks were released to the world mm-hmm. on the, uh, I want to say the 10th? I believe so. Oh, sure. Whichever one the Friday was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. But it was probably the 10th. Yeah. Uh, the 10th? But we got a chance to try them. Yes. Uh, we we all... decided to pool our money together and we got a set of five from... Uh... Oh man, I wish I actually kept the... Thing for it, the paperwork somewhere. Channel? Was it Channel Fireball? Uh, it wasn't Channel Fireball. I ordered it through TCGplayer.com. I can't remember the exact name of the store that it got from. But, uh, if I remember it, we'll throw it up on. We'll, we'll post it on. Yeah, we'll post it, it on the Facebook or something. This is gonna be in the YouTube. We'll put it in the description. We'll put it in the description yeah. for the YouTube where we got it from. Which um, Chad edits it because my editing's. <laughs> I'll make that text. Don't edit. I'll make that text box look freaking divine. Yeah, that's uh, but anyway, so we got a set of the five decks. Uh, we got one of each. We got Open Hostility, Entropic Uprising, Breed Lethality, Invent Superiority, and Stalwart Unity is the one that we don't actually have here because Harry took it with him. Uh, Harry, Harry was here when we were playing, but uh, he ditched us the raid. That's okay. He's he had some other things to do. He's, That's he's fine. got more important World of Warcraft things to do. That's important Which is World of Warcraft business. So we're just going to be three manning this. So we're going to start off by talking about Commander 2016 and generally uh, a lot of the stuff that we had. So we played two games with the decks. Um, Harry was the only one that changed up because he played the Entropic Uprising, which is the Sans White deck first, and then he switched to Stalwart Unity, the Kings of Melodus, which is the Sans Black deck. Which was the deck he ultimately went on. Yeah, that's the one that he t- uh, decided to take back. So Actually, I'm going to pull up the deck listing on that for later. Yep, yeah, definitely. So, um, overall, I thought the decks, they're very, very well-crafted. Um, uh, in or, I guess to start with, it's the the fact that they're four color commanders is pretty sweet, and that we've never actually had that before. Like we've had the Nephilim that you can house rule, 
as commanders because yeah. they were they were the fir- magic's first four color creatures and uh, I know that Mark Rosewater has said many times that he like he wished that he could have gone back and made them legendary to actually give them purpose right um, but sadly that didn't happen but yeah it's like now that we have a whole like brand new design space to work with and it's kind of weird in a way because it's like you look at all of the past commander products and mm-hmm. they've been for um, color combinations that have kind of previously existed right. Yeah. And it's easier to build mana bases for those because it's like, if you want to build a three-color deck, like say you want to build a three-color Grixis deck, uh, you can go online and you can probably read an article or find a video or something that discusses in depth like how you would go about building a strict mana base for that. Right. For the four-color decks, there's nothing. Like, there's zero content out for it right now. So this is brand new area, a brand new area for people to kind of explore and discuss. Which is definitely neat. And I do like what they've already done, pre- what they've prepackaged in these. Because just, like, playing with them, they've all seemed like they fit very well together. Like, I haven't seen any parts that really don't mesh, I guess, yeah. is the yeah. important bit. Like, um... They work together. Yeah, they all work... Well, like, even, like, we all had um, a lot of the same mana... Stuff we all had the orchard cards, which yep, exotic orchard. Yeah, we all had some of those. We all had some of the basic, you know, soul ring, uh, felwar stone, command things like tower. that. Yeah, command tower. We all had the basic command sphere that like set up the mana base for everything else. And like then, what really changed it was like it was nice because it provided a lot of the staples that commander is like mm-hmm. you know, requires basically. To yeah. Be- Get involved. It definitely gave you a lot of cards that are very relevant in the format and mm-hmm. things that, for deck building down the road, even if you don't keep this deck together as is, these are pieces that you are probably going to use exactly. when constructing other decks. Um, so that, the, the first thing is that they are four-color decks. The second thing was that they also introduced a new mechanic called Partner. And this is probably one of the more... It's, it's a very strange mechanic, but I really like it. It's, it's neat. Just the only text on the card is that you may have two commanders if both have partner. So there are fifteen legendary creatures in this in the Commander twenty sixteen right. set that have partner. There are five allied colored pairs and ten enemy colored pairs. It's neat because you do get a lot of like chance to like mix and match. I will say, mm-hmm. I was definitely a little disappointed that if I used <sighs> when they give you the three. Um, partner legendaries there was only one combination that let me keep my main general because like I had Atraxa I only had two other legendaries that were black green that could have partner and then then one legendary that was blue white so I was required to have the blue white you had to have the blue white one and then mix the other two in whatever way you wanted which kind of I was a little not crazy about but I feel like they made that okay just because my like main commander that didn't have partner was like pretty good and Atraxa, I, I definitely enjoyed. I thought it was definitely a, an interesting commander, and it like made me feel pretty good. Like the deck all had like the right theme. I think which is nice. I think out of the box, uh, the breed lethality one, the one with Atraxa, uh, Sans Red, um, that deck is probably the most cohesive out of all of the precons yeah. because it's like it already kind of knows what you want to do. It's got like at least 30 cards in the deck that have things to do with plus one, plus one counters. And even though Atraxa herself, like, works with any kind of counter because of her ability that she proliferates at the end of the turn, um, that, like, you can work with a bunch of different counters on that. You could just keep with the plus one, plus one counter sub-theme. You could throw in a couple Planeswalkers because it does loyalty counters. If you want to be that guy at the table, you could use Infect and poison people and just proliferate their poison counters. 
Um, and of course, you also have experience counters from Commander 2015 mm-hmm. and energy counters from Kaladesh. Right. So it's like there's a lot of uh, versatility with her, and I feel like her potential is only going to grow as time goes on because you're always going to have cards that support those archetypes. It was also out. really. For me, I hadn't looked at the deck list really before, and I got really like excited when I saw that there were like other weird like little commanders that I've seen in other stuff, like Borel Hellclad mm-hmm. and uh, Gave was in you know Atraxa. I know I saw some other like you know like Sharoom was in another one. Classic yeah. commanders that I've seen played as the individual like commanders for a deck was were just like thrown into these decks because they synergize really well and I was just really excited to be like they're just giving you commanders that you can just use for whatever you want that's the other thing that I liked about it is that this product like if you want to take this deck apart not only do you have the the four color legendary creature and the partners that come with the deck you also have other legendary creatures that you could peruse like you know and build decks around honestly I would almost recommend this as like a baby's first commander deck oh this is a wonderful because it's like it gives you so much to work with because it comes with everything under the sun that you could possibly need. It has, like, a theme already built into it. And even the commanders that aren't, like, your real, like, quote-unquote commanders that are intended are, like, already preset for that theme. So you know some of the stuff that will work with it. Yeah. Obviously, you'll be losing a couple colors here and there if you but don't want to keep all four. But it's just like, like I said, that. it's just a building block tool for, yeah. for the people who are kind of new to the format. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a stab and say that these are probably some of the best Commander products that have come out since they started actually giving us a uh, product for it way back in 2011. Compared to last year? Yeah, I'd say so. I think yeah. that they've they've done a great job of making sure it's balanced and like stuffing them with the proper amount of value so that some decks aren't like completely absurdly more expensive and hard to acquire than others. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there have been some spikes right now. I know that the Atraxa deck and the Brea deck are the most popular Which right now. Are, um, They're currently invent superiority yeah. and breedly thality. invent superiority and breed lethality. Those two are on the more expensive side, running about like maybe forty, fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah. Um, but that's going to come back down once everyone gets their copies and then, you know, they print they put more yeah. of the printings out there. Um, so in general, what did you guys think of uh, the games that we played? We'll start with the first one, I guess, where uh, the only one that was missing was the Kings from the Sands in Black which deck for Stalwart Unity. I won. In which Adam won. won. Yep. Because I dirtled. Uh, and so that first game. But that was a lot of, I think, Figuring the, out. one of the... I had a really good early game where it was just like I managed to get all of my like rocks in like one of my first hands, which was really great. And that made me feel really and it was really cool to get a Traxa out like turn three and then like turn four get out like uh, I think it was Colonial Hydra mm-hmm. and yeah. like and just be terrifying. And that was really cool. And I will say like proliferating on the end step is a neat like feature because it's Atraxa is already kind of a crazy like She's already kind of a crazy legendary creature. I'll say that. She's, she a, has, she's a Chinese menu creature. She has flying, vigilance, death, touch, life. Yeah. It's great. And it it's represents perfect. each of the colors in her cost. Yes. So. And then just the proliferate at the end of your... At the beginning of your end step is just like, oh, yeah. And it's 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 not just like one... It's so great. I don't... I really enjoyed it a lot, mm. which is yeah. obvious from me trying to talk about it. Um, <laughs> and it was one of those <laughs> things where none of my creatures were like real like fatties honestly it was one of those things where they came out they had some counters on them from just like showing up and then the thing that really gave them any power was the fact that I was proliferating every end step so it wasn't even like I needed to even swing into anyone it was 
oh, I can swing if I want to, but really I just need to end my turn to make everyone better. And, like, if I waited long enough, I would have had, like, really good guys. And it sort of... It was nice. And I did like how I had, like, a lot of options for removal. Uh, They were definitely really, like, expensive removal. Yeah. Like, a lot of my stuff was just, like, board wipes. And I... As a guy who likes board wipes, I like board wipes. But the problem with that is, like... I felt like it didn't know what it sort of wanted because I couldn't. I didn't have any like guaranteed way to give all my guys indestructible. So okay. like if I wanted to, like, so you had the board wipe, but you didn't want to use it because it was going to wipe your entire honestly, like progress that you'd built up. If I had Soul of Phyrexia, I could like or Soul of New Phyrexia, which yeah, from Adam. Now is it all creatures or artifacts? Permanence. Permanence. All so permanence everything. Yeah, that would go fantastic in this one. Because you spend your whole game building up your mana base and building up your guys until they're like you know all five fives or whatever, and then you do your board wipe, which is like a seven mana you know cast or like an eight mana cast or whatever, yeah. and then boom, okay, I soul new for it and make everyone indestructible, done. And that's as someone who, God, I always feel bad that my EDH decks are like indestructible and board wipes, but like that's how that's, you that's how you like to play. Yeah, yeah, no, that's obviously something that you're drawn to and probably something that you'll kind of tweak around with your deck as I you might, go forward. But then again, it wasn't something like I didn't feel bad playing this as a precon. Like this didn't feel like a weak preconstructed. Yeah. Oh no, they all like, yeah, they all felt this absolutely felt powerful great. enough to be like something that I could, you know, just as easily just sleeve this up and go to town with. And then just make small alterations as you go along. Which yeah. is what yeah. which is what I like about my deck. Yeah, let's like hear. It. Let's of hear course, a little bit about it. Let's, yeah. let's hear it from yeah. from, uh, um, from the winner of that first game. Let's. What did you think of uh, Invent Superiority and Brea? It. Um. I mean, I struggled a little bit because I had to get my red source of mana for a while. But I mean, I did. I think I only played Brea like twice because I did. I didn't need. I didn't need her because I had that. Uh, my friend. Your friend, you know, uh, I'm Bruce, talking about. Bruce Tarl. No, uh, Bruce Tarl. Akiri. Oh, Akiri, oh, Akiri. yes, Akiri Linslinger. Because uh, what Akiri Linslinger does, it gets uh, plus and plus ones for each artifact you control. And I had artifacts, I had artifact creatures, I had soul new Phyrexia, so I make everything indestructible. And I think that was, I mean, the reason I ended up winning is because I had uh, Bray out and I just nuked everything. Yeah, you sacrificed enough artifacts to deal direct damage with her ability to deal three, which was good. Yeah, but she's, I mean, um, this is the kind of deck I like to play, because I don't, I mean, I have a pretty aggro deck in Gisela, but the way, the way I do aggro is that I sit and wait, and... You just kind of bide your time. I wait for everything, occasionally I'll do something, uh, but with, uh, Gisela, it's like, alright, this game's going on too long. Gisela. Drop Gisela. Have fun swinging yeah. at each other. Yeah. yeah. But what I what I can do with um, Brea is that I'm like, all right, you know, oh they're doing something. I'm gonna you know sack this creature so I get a thopter kind of thing, and I yeah. can I can you, you know, can play you can play a very reactive game with it, and you can kind of just like play off of what your opponents are doing. It's like, oh hey, you're swinging me, okay. I'm going to sack this artifact to give that guy minus four, minus four, and then block to have my bigger dude kill your smaller dude, or and, something like that. And the thing is, you know, with artifact decks, it's like, oh, I can, I have things that allow me to go into my graveyard, get artifacts back. 
so I, I can keep doing that. Um, I think now, yours came with a planeswalker, right? Yes. Did any of the other ones come with planeswalker? No, his was the only one that came with a planeswalker. Yeah. It came with Doretti Scrap Savant, which people will remember from the Commander 2014 product, because he was one of the planeswalker commanders. Yeah. Um, Honestly, he makes sense in that deck because it's like the whole reason artifact graveyard. Yeah, yeah, because it's like it's literally like the, the, when I see the Brea deck, I literally see Sharoom plus Doretti, and like that that is. just makes sense. That's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a combination of those four colors and everything to do with right. artifacts and whatnot. So now. Chad, you played Saskia the most. Yes, I played Saskia the Unyielding, which is the Sans Blue deck, um, a.k.a. Something. Open Hostility. Yes. Um, so Saskia, the first game I really did not have as... Uh, I, I couldn't... I really felt like it didn't do the deck justice. Well, because you put um, out, like, two guys. Like, I put out a couple guys, and then I was just stuck on the defensive because everyone else was just ramping mana out of control, and I could not keep up in both ramp as well as card advantage and, like, drawing cards and keeping a board stable. I mean, I was, I was slow at first, but then I started getting my mana rocks. Yeah, so. you ended up stabilizing after a while, but me, I just got knocked out really quickly because I could not... Uh, find the amount of cards that I needed to try and build up my board state and build up right. a nice, good, uh, solid defense. Although... Um, I didn't even play Saskia in that game, if I recall. Was, no, you didn't. But that was... Second game, though, you definitely came out the gate swinging with that. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as I had the mana, I just immediately played Saskia, and I'm like, okay, we're going to point at Zach, mostly because I had some uh, a little bit of <laughs> hostility towards him because of him I, knocking me out in the first game. Having played against... Now having... Okay... The Sasuke ability is the most frustrating thing. Yes. I just, I, as it's the, it reads, she's a 3-4 human soldier with vigilance for one of each color except blue, so black, red, green, white. Uh, as she enters the battlefield, choose a player. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. Right. And that was, that was very frustrating, I will say. <laughs> Especially from, like, the outset. Because I knew I had guys that were out, and I could protect my own board but I couldn't protect Adam's board. And Adam did not have a fast start with the creatures on that uh, I did second not, game. I did the second game on it. So it was like constantly just like, oh, Chad's swinging into Adam. I can't do anything about yeah, that. Yeah, because I, I was swinging at Adam and then Sasuke's ability triggered and Zach got dealt damage as well. I'm so mad. Um, uh, but I definitely like that ability because it's basically... I, I, at some point, I probably wanted to like blink her or kill her and recast her to target Harry because he was starting to build like a huge wall with the... Uh, Stalwart Unity group hug. But deck. that was we were we were having too much fun and whacking into each other at that and point. Yeah, having Harry um, just like there. But I think Saskia has a lot of uh, untapped potential. Like she, as of this recording and as of like the research that I've done into the decks prior to now, she was probably the least popular just because she has the most linear strategy, which is like play dudes and swing. But it's like when you start thinking about things that have um, damage doubling effects, like you think of like Furnace of Wrath or Gisela or Dictate of the Twin Gods, anything that says even um, multiple combat steps or multiple combat steps too, yeah, That's good it's be basically so like right, you could you yeah. like what the the math on it is this: say you have Gisela out and I'm swinging at somebody, then the damage would get doubled. So Saski is a three four. She then deals six. The triggered ability goes on the sacks, the stack for six, and that six doubles to twelve. So I'm dealing eighteen damage just with that one damage doubling effect and Saskia. And if I have a board on top of that, like if I have other creatures to swing with, it just terrifying. gets crazy for me. Straight terrifying. So it's yeah. like, yes, she has the most linear strategy, but I think she has the most explosive potential yeah. as well. There's something to be said. That's good. I, I really I like mean, her. Compared to like Saskia, compared to um, 
Brea. 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 Brea is kind of like a slow build until it gets to the point where I'm like, all right, I have all these artifacts. You know, I have Doretti, and then I have um. You know, I have Or I can like you know, you know, start you know getting things like I have all these artifacts. Yeah, I'm gonna blow it up, but I'm actually getting it back. Yeah. So. You can just start kind of playing around with your graveyard and stuff. Like now. Yeah. I guess my question is, would you, in that case, keep Saskia the, as the commander? Or would you just use the partner stuff to help build your board at the beginning, and then use Saskia as like an endgame kind of... It's a thought. I think the fact that you have access to Saskia as the commander, and like have it always essentially be in your hand, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, that definitely says something. Because if, you want, if you're relying on that effect, effect to win the game, you always want to have access to it. Right. And yeah. if you're choosing other things to be the commander, you don't always have access to it. Right. Um, and it like the, the deck I think works well with her at the helm and then the other partners playing just like you know their yeah, normal second rules fiddle. and stuff like that. The only deck that I think could probably be improved in that sense was uh, the Yidris deck, Sands White, mm-hmm. Maelstrom Wanderer, the uh, or Maelstrom Wielder rather, the Entropic Un- Uprising deck. That was the one that Harry played in the first game. Yeah. And to be honest, like looking at the list, the deck doesn't look like it's built around Yidris himself. No. Because it's all about like wheeling, discarding, and drawing cards. Like he has cards in the deck that care about if an opponent discards a card, then he gets something like a zombie or an elf token. Um, so what I was thinking is like Yidris doesn't want to be the lead singer of this deck, but he wants to like play a role in it. So I was thinking he could run the other two partners, the yeah. uh, Kaidel Prophet of Crufix. Or Kadel something of Crufix. Um, she's a four drop, one blue, one green, Idris? two of any kind. Yeah, Idris. Uh, yeah, uh, Kadel uh, Prophet of Crufix. Kydel, yeah, Kadel Prophet of Crufix. So yeah. what she does is uh, she taps and adds a colorless mana to your mana pool for each card that you've drawn this turn. Right. The Which works perfectly. And for, and for wheel effects, like he basically was having us discard our hand and... <clears throat> Excuse me. He was having us discard our hand and then draw seven cards, mm-hmm. which means that she now taps for seven mana to play the cards that you just drew. Right. Which and is then perfect. the other thing that she'd get partnered with was be a Vile Smasher the Fierce, which yeah. really you're only playing which, him for the colors. But, but again, it does work. Like it definitely works. Oh, it out. does. Like he was playing. He kept replaying uh, that one. That one card, Ethereum Horn Sorcerer. Yep. He kept replaying that as his first spell every single turn because he would just bounce it back and replay it. Yep. He would get a free six damage off of it with Vile Smasher, and then he would cascade into something else. So. Yeah. If anything, you could run Animar on that one. You could actually. You, you could run, run Animar if it's in the colors. Just like with that, like bouncing back and stuff. Yep. Just like, hey, it's a thousand thousand Animar. But for, for for that deck specifically, for the Entropic Uprising, mm-hmm. I think that Kaidel and Vile Smasher make a better um, co-pilot thing commanding that deck than Yidris does. Yeah. Because, like, the Yidris deck, it it's whenever he deals combat damage to a player, as you cast spells from your hand this turn, they gain Cascade. Which is very powerful because it's both ramp and card draw because you're getting to get free stuff off the top of your deck. Right. But this deck, as it is right now in the pre-con, is not built to do that. I feel if you wanted to build a Yidris deck, you'd need to start from the ground up right. and just completely overhaul it. Whereas if you want to do the pre-con right now as it is, I think Kaidel and Vile Smasher are probably your, your better bets. Harry made a very good point about the deck. He was playing the um, the combo Kings of Melodis. Where uh, Kianos and Tiro. Thank yep. you. Kano, er, um, yep, that's it. Kianos and Tiro. They did a really good job of making a... I, Pillow Fort deck basically that had win cons. 
Because that was the criticism was um, Harry has a Feldegriff deck that he plays. That it's yeah. just Pillow Fort. It's a group hug deck that's Pillow Fort and its main win condition is... He had like a win condition that was like Death by Hippos where he gets a right. bunch of mana and then can kill someone with... Um, uh, by giving them a bunch of tokens, and then he has a card that's like whenever a creature enters the battlefield under its opponent's control, they lose one life. But this Something one like definitely that. had like a lot more to it, I thought, and it was yeah. a very effective deck, I thought too. Mm-hmm. Um, a two eight for four is I mean, like, um, crazy. Oh yeah, but it was also like they did a really good job, and I thought that was really clever how they just like just by adding one color, they gave it like a lot of cool stuff as well as being like a weird. Yeah. Fort, they basically I like to say that they basically combined a Zedru the Great Hearted deck with the Feldegriff deck. Exactly. And Zedru's actually in the deck, which I thought was pretty cool too. But um yeah, it's basically just taking the group hug colors and like, you know, smashing them together and uh seeing essentially what happens and it definitely has a lot of staying power as we saw. Yeah. But I thought they were all very good products. Um Yeah. It was definitely uh one of those things where um I was definitely sort of just it just felt good. Yeah. It felt good to play these decks, and it felt like everything worked together. And, like, I know that it's their job to make sure it all works together, but they did a really good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know there were definitely critiques as to some of the um, the printing. Like what? Okay, okay, yep, definitely. Let's let's go into that. There were definitely some, uh, some uh, small printing errors. There were a couple threads on Reddit within, like, the first day of its release. Yeah. And people were saying, it's like, oh, there's some... Uh, there was, like, some packaging errors where people were getting, like, duplicates of cards, and it wasn't the full product. It was just, like, two halves of separate product together. Yep. It was a weird thing. There was also another one there where there was a, a Brea deck that somebody had, and there were a lot of misprints in terms of, like, coloration on them and stuff yep. like that. So I mean, my... They looked, they looked almost okay. like they were kind of water-damaged, yeah. in a sense. Um, and then for, actually, Harry's deck with the, the Kings, there looked like there was... Um, a, like a ridge kind of through the card yeah. where it looked like the printer kind of ran over it in a sense and just gave it a little indent. It doesn't like... It's not a huge deal-breaking thing and it like, doesn't if you if you ruin the close, playability. Really yeah, if you don't look closely, yeah. you can't really see it. But it's just like, I'm kind of a little worried that, you know, I hope that not a whole lot of people had the same problems. I hope these are just like closed, yeah. like closed, isolated would, incidents that are just blowing up because of social someone, media. You know, like yeah. that's because that's the worst. It's like you're paying thirty bucks for a product you'd like it to be all together. Yeah, and I mean they are great products to play with. I I think these are really good for you know folks wanting to get into Commander, and it would really suck if like you went through and you you know didn't have a full product or if like even there were some like weird printing errors like that's always a shame yeah. that you have to deal with it's it ultimately depends on how things will work out but i think it'll be fine i think it was i think i like to believe that those are just isolated incidents mm-hmm. that blew up because of social media and i don't think they're yeah. going to be happening as often yeah. like really in all honesty wizards has done a pretty good job with having their print runs of sets and supplemental product be usually off without a hitch. Oh, yeah. The only, like, major thing I can think of in recent history was um, the Kaladesh pre-release because somebody got a promo from their box. It was a Hand of Silimgar. Hand of Silimgar is a common from Dragons of Tarkir that's just a 2-1 for Death Touch for a black and one of any kind. That was their promo for a Kaladesh uh, pre-release. It had the date stamp and everything. For the... Okay. Like, it had the date stamp for the Kaladesh pre-release, but it was a common instead of a rare or mythic as it well, should have been. Yellow. Also from a completely different set, so it's just like, that's probably the biggest error that I've seen I mean, within the past I mean, couple of years. But that energy 
token either. But that. Well, yeah, the energy token thing they even said it's like we forgot to put it in the file. They're not going to be in wave one of Kaladesh, but they'll be in future boosters. On the other hand, you know, when you look at like yeah. like that mistake is probably going to be an expensive card. Oh yeah, that's like, yeah. That guy definitely like their down their screw up is your benefit because that is a very rare card. It's a misprint. There's no other card that's ever going to be like that. So. Exactly. So, I, I see that. But um, so, do you guys have any thoughts about um, Commander twenty sixteen? Any final sort of things like what kind of changes are you looking to make to the deck? What kind of um, cards do you think that you would want to put in put in, in replacement of some things that were kind of like lackluster um, for you? And another thing is like, do you think you want to keep these decks? Would you take it apart and kind of cannibalize it for your other decks? Um, let's start with you, Zach. What do you What are when, your thoughts? I'm not the best at deck building, straight okay. off. Like, I, when I make a deck, it has to go through, like, five other people who know magic a lot better than I do before it becomes actually effective. Mm-hmm. Um, which really sucks when it comes to, like, I have all these ideas for what I could throw in and what I could, but sometimes it doesn't synergize super great. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really enjoy what this already has in it. I think if I did change anything in it, it would be... I would definitely put in a little more... Um, I put in, I think I mentioned before, a couple more indestructible, uh, like, ability things. Something that would make all my guys indestructible for a turn, or maybe, like, just, like, for a moment. Just even, like, if it was some, you know, like, uh, frontline medic or something that would just give my guys indestructible for the rest of the turn so that I could board wipe. Because that, that's, that's something that I really like, but it's also something that I think really helps control um, a game, especially when you have a lot of smaller guys that you want to build into larger guys. Right. It's one of those things where if you board wipe and you can give everyone instructions so you have them after that game, after that board wipe where you clear the board of everyone else, then you're good. Because with a board wipe, typically it's like a, we're starting back from point one. But like when you have enough dudes for it, it's like, all right, I can just start swinging in. I'm still a threat. I'm a huge threat now, even though I just dropped a board wipe. And even like... I think I had a moment where I wanted to play, um, I forgot the name of it, but it's an Abzan board wipe where it leaves one creature. Oh, Doom Blast. And one of the coolest parts about this deck was that I had a chance to Doom Blast, and because I had uh, Rayhan on the field, which is uh, one of the partner uh, commanders that when creatures with counters on them that I control die, I get to move them onto one creature. So I had my commander out, if I had managed to get that board wipe off, not only would everyone have been gone, but I would have been able to take the maybe 12 other uh, counters that I had on everyone else and move it onto on that one yeah. attraction. And I could have used, uh, I think I had Vorel the Hulk out as well, I could have that turn also doubled someone's tokens. Whoever had the most tokens, I could double them. And then move it on to Atraxa. Yep. Uh, Atraxa, and then swing in for big. Yeah. And There's definitely a lot of good out. synergy in there. So you're, I think probably for you, it's like if not board wipes, definitely more like regular spot removal. Right. Because I noticed throughout the game, like, for me personally, I think this is what I might end up doing with Saskia, is like, yes, there were enough board wipes to kind of just have a, that, that reset when you need it, when just things are so cluttered, you just need to start from square one. But, but occasionally... Have blue. Yeah. Which, it's one of those things where you're expecting a lot more counter spells, you're expecting a lot more interactions on each other's yeah. turns. And I think that's also why, is because there wasn't a whole lot of that in this we deck. Well, so that's why things kind of escalated the, the two way games that, that we played, we weren't, like, counter Counterspelling each other much. No. We weren't like stopping anyone from doing anything. We were just like sort of building up and then like waiting for stuff to happen and every once in a while the board state would change because of something radical. Yeah. yeah. Or something. So it was kind of interesting that like even though we all except for Saskia had blue, 
it was like we didn't really have anything to do instant wise yeah. on each other's turns. I'm thinking I, mean, I had some stuff, but it wasn't really. Yeah, you weren't really using it. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that in general, off of like if you think you're running too many board wipes and there's too many like heavy resets, I would th- say maybe more spot removal. Uh, just because it's like there were times when the board state was like pretty even, but there was like one big threat that we wanted to get rid of, like you and your colonial hydra, for example. Yeah. Um, like that needed to get answered immediately, otherwise mm-hmm. it was going to get out of control. Of course. And I did not have any spot removal for it, so it's just like I was sitting there with uh, not a whole lot of stuff in my hand that could do anything, and I'm looking over to Harry, and he flashes me. He's like, he's got a couple board wipes, but he has a pretty big board state himself, and he doesn't want to wreck it. So I yeah. think having a couple like smaller answers or smaller scale things just yeah. to answer one target threat I think exactly. will probably be an improvement. Adam, you got anything? Um, I don't know. I kind of like the deck as it is. I mean, I mean, obviously um, there are things that you could put in because I remember you were talking about like Thopter Spy Network and uh, Sahili Rai. Sahili Rai. Rai. I think I think Sahili Rai is going to be the big thing right now. Because Hangerback Walker and some silly stuff like that. Hangerback Walker. It's probably going to be Sahili Rai, Hangerback Walker, and then Thopter Spy Network. Depending, but Sahili Rai I like right now because I get to search up three different artifacts with different names. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I shuffle it. Now I forget, do you have white in that? Uh, yep, I it's everything except green. Okay, because you could do a lot of cool stuff with a lot of the, um, yeah. from this last set. You could use, you know, a lot of the servo generation, a lot of the, like, white cards that, like, add pluses to Thopters. Add pluses to servos. Yeah. yeah, all the artifact stuff. Like, there's definitely a lot of synergies to be had with uh, the new stuff in there. Vehicles too, as, as I, I mean, said. Yeah, but I I, I like the deck is where it now. Um, again, it's probably going to be uh, Sahili Rai. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that wraps it up for Commander 2016. Uh, well, final thoughts for that. Just favorite card from the set. Uh, attracts it basically. Um. Although I will say that I did really enjoy that... The, one of the reasons I picked Attracts is because I'm a Tarkir fanboy. I love Tarkir and everything that happened with it. And all of the uh, partner commanders from this set... Are all from Tarkir. Are, like, Tarkir lieutenants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Rehan is the Abzan who decided not to side with Dromoka in the uh, Fate Reforged stuff. And I was like, whoa, that's a cool, like, callback to that. Yeah. And, like some of these, I, I really liked how they like called back to sets that and like planes that we had. Like some of the guys are from Dominaria, some of the guys are from Theros, some of the guys are from all. Of, we don't even know where uh, Saskia is from, but we had some speculation like maybe she's from you know Keldor, maybe she's from one of the yeah you know, way back in the day planes, something like that. And I really liked that. I liked how like flavor wise they were going with like you know here are some guys from different planes that you've been to, and each of the deck had. Some people they they had similar people from similar planes mixed yeah. in with some other stuff. All right, Adam, your favorite card from the set? I don't know. I like I like Bray a lot, but I have wait, where is he? No love for Akiri. It's Akiri. It has to she be she did work for just you. because of how fun she is to play. <laughs> yeah, she did a lot of work for you. I remember she I was constantly like a fourteen. Fourteen like or a, sixteen power you creature, had like a twenty-six, like double strike or something. At one point, it was yeah, it was yeah. scary because I was getting ridiculous. That's lost a curious. It's <sighs> pretty silly. That's why she's she like. What about you, Chad? Uh, my favorite card. I'm gonna be really unexciting, but my favorite card from the set is Ash Barons. That okay. one colorless land that uh, basic land cycles for one. Um, because it's like, okay, you have a card like Lay of the Land, for example, mm-hmm. which is one green. Search your library for a basic land card and put it in your hand as a sorcery. This is that, except on a land. 
so it doesn't take up a spell slot. Also, it's colorless, so you don't have to... Like, you can pay any mana into that basic land cycling ability and go and get what you want. So I think that versatility makes it something that you kind of want to look at if you're a deck that's running three or more colors. Right. Because it's just, ugh, it's so flexible. It helps you fix your mana. If you want to play it, it comes into play untapped, and you can just have it towards your land count. Done. So good. I love it. It's a flexible card. Every deck should, every three or more color deck should probably it's, consider it's a, it. It's a good, you've made a very good conservative investment. You're like a, like, you're basically just like a middle class homeowner. Yeah. You're investing in like land and you're like, you know, this is a very, this is a very solid investment. I really, I think I can really raise my family here in this ash waste. Um, I can raise, I can raise my family like, in ash barrens. Have you seen this Saskia going around? Making damage, all it's like no, no. I like the ash waste. It's very nice. You know, it's a it's a neighborhood I can raise my children in. There's a river. There's a river. There's a river. There's a river in oh the ash God. waste. You know, we can build by that. It's nice. Uh, it's, it's actually, the the yeah. schools are great, and I pay almost nothing on property tax. Fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to move away from Commander 2016. We um, only have a little time to talk about anything else. Yeah, but that's we're going to also... touch upon just a couple things that kind of happened, and just like squeeze it into yeah. you session. Know. We call it's cool because. Really quickly. Yeah, okay. So it's like cool that. because stuff. So um, we'll start with uh, you had something about the Battleborn weekend. Battleborn, Battleborn happened this weekend, um, which is funny because it's been happening, but like no one has cared. Um, <laughs> but one of the things is that the Reddit, the, the Reddit community has been going strong, as Reddit communities typically do. All four of them. All four of them. But you know, they <laughs> made a concentrated effort this weekend specifically to host a community event called the Battleborn weekend, which was like save. Solus weekend because that's the you know and they because they really do want the game to do well right they really like the game the only issue is that it had a lot of launch problems when it came to um, marketing and getting the name of Battleborn out also it was overshadowed by Overwatch so in order to sort of counteract that they're saying like they were doing one last push to try to sort of save the game quote unquote where you know they basically a bunch of Battleborn people who were like Battleborn, like pros, quote unquote, veterans of Battleborn who are doing people that. who have been playing it since its launch. Offered their services to people who were new or interested, and they said, "Listen, we will group up with you. We'll be your battle brothers, like a big brother kind of system, and we will help run you through the game so we can have a good time. We can check out all the maps." And Gearbox accepted this event too, and they opened up the. Um, they basically opened up all the champions for this weekend mm-hmm. for anyone to play any champion. Uh, they put discounts on a lot of the on the real world money store for skins, taunts, etc. They um, activated the loot apocalypse events. They activated the double XP weekends for this weekend. They, you know, had the devs playing with people, and it was just really nice to see the devs and the community and everyone sort of team up together and you know try to save this game that they really like. Yeah. And like I've been there where there's games that I really like that you know no one cares about, and that's uh, happened a lot. Uh, Infinite yeah. Crisis, Infinite Crisis. Uh, Hellgate London things yep. like that where there is a community but the problem is that it doesn't make enough money for it to really yeah. do well so it was nice to see yeah. you know even if like it was it was good to see the community come together you know? yeah. and, it's all, and it's always great to see like a nerd community come together for something and that was just really nice in my mind alright okay next, um, next uh, D&D real quickly uh, D&D got inducted to the uh, Toy Hall of Fame woo Along with the uh, the swing and little people. See the fact that the swing has not been inducted into the Toy oh, Hall of Fame. To, to be fair, it's it was uh, one of the other nominees for this year was Bubble Wrap. Oh my god! So I have no idea. Bubble Wrap. I know what the Toy Hall of Fame. Not too. a. That's not a. 
Still, I, I, uh, I feel like well, congratulations to congratulations Dungeons to Dungeons and Dragons. And you Zach have been still came out. Yeah, uh, fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons players will uh, be sort of aware of this, uh, but Volo's bestiary, like I think it's like Volo's bizarre bestiary or something, came out. Yeah, uh, it's basically a uh, Volo's uh, not guide to Waterdeep, but it's a it's a guide to monsters. Uh, came out, and what's neat about it is it gives player character rules for a lot of monstrous characters. Goliaths, hobgoblins, regular goblins, furbolgs, things like that. Um, also, it adds a lot of monster lore for some new monsters. Um, I know the frog Hemoth made an appearance. They added some new guys. Like, they added these little uh, dart, poison dart frog guys, which are really cool looking, and they have different poisons that do different things. Like, if you get attacked by this guy, you have to, like, scream every five minutes, because that's what the poison does. <laughs> that's um, actually fantastic. And it's stuff wow. like that. Uh, and it was really neat, and I was really impressed with, uh, they had a thing where if you went to participating stores and you bought it, like, in hard copy, you got, like, a special edition one. It, like, has, like, a really cool yeah, cover. It it's got, like, a crazy mind flare, like, on the front Four cover. Oh, man. So dope. Uh, I'm probably going to pick up one just because I've been amassing, like, an Amazon cart that's, like, just, because I have personally, since I've been a child, loved the monster manuals, and just, like, like not even, I don't even like, care I don't even care about the crunch. I love these creatures. I love seeing the art. And if there's one thing that 5th edition has impressed me with, even if it hasn't been, like, super great gameplay-wise with, like, feats and stuff, and it's a very different beast than 3.5 and 4.0, I have always been impressed with the art they've been putting into 5.0. Like, it is all fantastic. And uh, good news for you, if you like reading about monsters, there's nearly 100 monsters suitable for any D&D campaign in Chapter 3 of the Beast Series. Boom. See? I might get this because I just want to read this. It's awesome. That's pretty good. Yeah, alright. All right. What else um, we got? Did BlizzCon happen? BlizzCon happened. BlizzCon happened, and there was Sombra. a lot of different things. There were a lot of announcements. Like, the, the biggest one, I guess, was probably that Sombra was revealed. Sombra was there revealed. Was a whole, there was a whole uh, alternate reality game that was about it. Not particularly well received, but that's because Blizzard even admitted we don't know how to do ARGs. Well, no, they so. did. I think they did a very good job. I think that the problem is that it just like led everyone on constantly. Yeah. Although I do think that some of the payoffs for... The ARG should have been the um, animated trailer. Yeah, that like, would have been nice. once you di- yeah once you hit like a certain thing and discovered certain things and the trailer just got revealed to the world. That would have been pretty cool. That would have been neat. Um, but yeah, so Sabra got revealed. Um, she's going to be the next character added to Overwatch along with like three three maps and a huge like arcade mode section. Yeah, arcade mode is neat, but I will say it's a little uh, time consuming. I've tried a lot of this in the PTR. Um, and Sombra is very cool in the PTR. She does get picked almost constantly. Oh, of course. But she has a lot of cool stuff. I've I've definitely enjoyed. Like she has a lot of damage. She basically has. She's comparable to like Soldier seventy six damage wise, mm-hmm. but there's very little accuracy to it because it's a machine pistol. Right. But what's really neat is that I've seen Sombra's run in shooting and then using the teleport. They like placed it on a health pack to like, like way blink, back, blink out, and then yeah. blink back. So they're doing like very tracer esque like reverses. That's pretty cool. In order yeah. to like heal up, and the and the whole hacking uh, med kits has been like you know it's it's it doesn't seem like something that would really like hurt, but it does uh, hurt the other team when it comes to like oh here's an area that we're all fighting in. Oh, I can't use this med kit. It's just gone. Like you cannot use it because it's hacked. Which yeah, is really cool. So. Um, the new game modes with arcade, I think the only reason you would play them is because they give you a um, loot box when you do a first win. Yeah. Which Something is like cool. That. Loot box. Yeah. They, the loot box 
feature is nice that they just give you loot boxes. I like watching loot box openings. But they're tough they're to but they are tough to win. Yeah. That's it's awesome. one of those things like uh 1v1 you have to win um I think it's best out of 5. Mm. And that's you get a random you each get the same random champion each round. So like I had like the first one was Tracer. We were both Tracer and we we're running around shooting each other as Tracer in this weird map. And the map is nice and small but it's weird on 1v1 cuz like if you're not like right in each other's face, you have, you're just like hunting around for them. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I won, but it was like one of those things where I was just like, it was really rough because like there was somewhere I was like Zenyatta, and like Zenyatta by himself is not like a, a real like you don't think like oh man I'm definitely gonna wreck this guy Zenyatta. Like, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just throw balls at people. Hope for the best. <laughs> um, so it was fun. I think the only reason why I would play the arcade mode is because of the no limit, because that essentially that's what. Uh, current quick play is because quick play as we know it is not going to be quick play any longer because uh, in live quick play uh, as of this recording um, there's no limit to like how many characters you can have on a team I like that and now it's being changed so that there is a hero limit because they want quick play to be like the training ground for competitive, uh, competitive. which I was which is okay. It's not, like it's not the end of the world. Like they still gave you the no limit thing that you can now do all those weird like double Reinhardt comps or everyone playing May or something like that. I really like, like the all champ games. Like that was always fun cuz it's a spontaneous sort of thing. Yeah. Like cuz I've I'm not super stoked about the whole one person is one champ. Like uh whatever. I get that it's like you're like oh competitive. Like I would love to see that and just competitive and then quick play is just the average quick play that we have because I have a lot of fun with this quick play yeah. and I do like when two people accidentally lock in like the same champ and then everyone just goes with that champ that's great Yeah, I'm a super fan of that so, and like unfortunately that's going to be a relic of the past but I don't think it's going to be hurtful to the game in any way no, like, people are going to miss it but it's like but it's... literally you could just go back into No Limit and you'll do the thing so. okay so that's all that we have time for, according to our uh, our uh, yep. watch over here. There were a couple other topics that we weren't able to touch upon, but we'll probably definitely get yeah. to those in a future They'll end podcast. up in other videos or podcasts or quick, something. Quick wrap-up. Did everyone go around and say one cool thing that they found or doing? That, that we found about what? You're just just anything. Mumbling. Just um, one cool thing. <laughs> sounds like he's drunk. Adam, Adam's having a rough time. I, I was Adam, stretching in your arm. Adam needs to go okay. back. To uh, one cool thing that uh, <laughs> has been happening for me, at the very least, is um, the League of Legends update. Like They have like a whole bunch of new stuff. They're gearing up for preseason. Uh, Harry and I have been messing around with it a bit, so we're hoping to continue with that a little bit. I have been playing a weird game. Uh, I... A buddy of mine really likes free-to-play games, and I accidentally got into Tiger Knight Empire Wars, um, which is a Chinese... Basically, if you ever played the game Mountain Blade, it's that, but set in Three Kingdoms, China. Okay. And it's really wacky. Uh, One of my main complaints is that everyone... like You never look like a really badass warrior. You always look like a hobo. Um, But, like... (laughs) You're a hobo That's killing it. other hobos in ancient China. All right. Which is super weird. Um, but if, you're I in, if you're into that. But, you know, I definitely enjoy Well, like, right now, like, my guy started off looking like a crazy man wearing a sack holding, like, a, a crowbar. But now I'm a crazy man wearing uh, not sack anymore. I'm wearing, like, various <laughs> aprons made of leather uh, and hitting people in the face with a paddle. And that's my guy. Right. And that's, it's, you know, it's, it's a neat game. I'm glad that they put it out there. I'm glad that it's free. Because um, I would definitely not pay for this, um, <laughs> but it's you know it's 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 at least mildly entertaining. It right. has a lot of the same stuff as 
it's weird because it combines a lot of different games. Mm-hmm. It combines Mountain Blade, it combines uh, Dynasty Warriors, and it combines World of Tanks, surprisingly mm-hmm. enough. Because it has that whole thing where you have a unit and then like you run out and like if you get totally killed, you just leave that game, grab another unit from your like stable of units, jump into another game, and then you're just like doing that. It's kinda neat. Alright. Okay. Adam, yours? Uh what I'm doing, I'm running a short film with my friend. Nice. Wow, okay. That's cool. Yeah. There you I go. Don't want to spoil anything. All right. Well, we got that going. Well, we'll definitely line, post some stuff on the Talkbox podcast once that's. Uh, yeah, when I finish it. Yeah, we'll share it, definitely. Uh, quick thing um, it's, I don't know if you guys knew what Adam Young is, the main guy from Mountain City. Yes. Okay. What he's been doing is since last February, he's been releasing an album every month. Really? Uh, based on an historical event. And uh, the contest is to take uh, a song from that. And use it to score your own thing. Oh, nice. Wow. So, yeah, me and my friend are writing something. Very nice. cool, man. Do it up. Very cool. Yeah. We'll definitely so, uh, look forward to that and you yeah. know, possibly help out where we can. We'll yeah, share yeah, it on yeah. the podcast as soon as it gets done. All right. So here we are yet again at the end of another podcast. Thank you very much for listening. As always, I'm Chad. Zach. I'm Adam. And you've been listening to the Talkbox Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Ooh.